Welcome to a brand new episode of Cup of EO, the tea break size podcast that gets to the heart of the important topics in the world of voiceover. Expect candid stories, top tips and sage advice as I chat with expert guests who are at the top of their game in the voiceover industry. I'm your host, Kimberly Parker, tea addict and VOpreneur. And this week, I'll be spilling the tea on usage and negotiating rates. Why is usage so confusing? And do you know the right amount to charge? You have to always see the bigger picture when you're quoting. We all need to be very united in keeping the standards high because if we don't, everyone will suffer. We now come on to the hot button that is voiceover usage and rates. There's a lot of information out there about what we should be charging, but if you're new to this industry, it's a minefield. There are so many variables for each project that you work on. Your client might not know all the details needed for you to be able to quote accurately, or perhaps they've set their stall out early with a budget and you're scared to quote over this for fear of losing out on the job. The voiceover landscape has changed so much over the past decade. You've got a range of people joining the industry at different times, from different industries and via different methods. Everyone will have a unique viewpoint on what's important to them when it comes to charging for their work. I've been doing VO full-time for almost four years now, and I still find myself spending a lot of time educating potential clients on what the term usage means and why they need to pay not only for the recording time, but for the amount of time the end product will be live or the number of people seeing or listening to it. And that's okay. The more people that can get to grips with the way it should work means a better outcome for our industry altogether. That's not to say it's cut and dry. There are so many different factors to consider and I've lost out on many jobs trying to figure out whether the person on the other end of an email, whom I've never met, is open to negotiating or not. Often the clients we deal with are not the end clients, so that's another layer to add to this complicated mix. I'm keen to find out from my fellow VOs, many of whom have been working in this industry a long time, how do we approach this with people who are new to the industry? How do we educate our clients who might not have worked in VO before or know about usage? And how can we stop the race to the bottom and be part of the conversation without judging others for lowballing? This week's guests are Lizzie Jobling, Sam Boffin, Darren Altman, Abby Phillips, Ali Murphy, and Ant Hewson. I've included more information about all of them in the show notes, so be sure to check those out after the episode. And there's a fine line between when you first come into the industry and any industry, you need some credits on on your, you know, in your books to show that you are capable and professional enough to do the work. So there's a fine line between sort of taking a job because it's the credit and really undercutting the industry. And I certainly felt this. And I know that when I'm working with my students, that, and this is something I really try to, to push onto them, you will have, especially thinking back when I came from social care and not really earning very much money, you'll you will have this huge sort of imposter feeling like, oh well, I, I can't possibly say that that should be four thousand pounds for that particular online ad because I wouldn't earn that in two months. So how can I possibly say that this 20 minute piece of work equates to that amount of money? When and it's very difficult to get your head around the fact, you know, teaching somebody well, once you have voiced that, sent that recording, that is a part of you that they have always got or for however long they've got it. And that is what is worth the money. 
So it's paramount, ultimately, because the longevity of the industry will just collapse. You know, I'm fortunate. I've got, I've worked hard. I've got a good client base and I can pay my mortgage and I can pay my bills. But the more the industry gets flooded with people that aren't willing to educate themselves, you know, it's like, would you want to work four times harder for like a third of the money or do you want to work properly? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it, actually, that? Because um, particularly when you're starting, you're so grateful to get a job. You don't upset the apple cart by then saying, actually, um, there's also usage involved here. Um, and also trying to prize out of people often, um, n- not the high-end clients, but the kind of middling clients, trying to prize out of them exactly how and where and for how long they're going to use this um, piece, you know, is, is really important. So I've got some information on my website under the FAQs that sort of, um, which which goes over usage and it you know, goes some way to explaining what usage is about. And um, I usually direct them there if I feel they need to. Um, but also, I'm pretty upfront, actually. One of the first things I ask is, brilliant, what's your love to work for you? Do you have a budget for this project? And could you let me know how and where it's going to be used, just so I can create a uh, invoice for you or you know just so I can create uh, a fee for you that we'll both be happy with so I kind of go in there quite quickly (laughs) educate yourself find out what a session fee is find out how they work out what to charge for tv commercials or radio ads you know you work to the equity rate card Um, if you think what you've got to offer is a bit specialized you can charge more Um, find out about YouTube pre-roll, how people um, equate that. Find out what, um, you know, uh, organic uh, stuff on a client's website is or if they want to put it on Instagram or if they want to put it on Facebook. You've got to because you've got to be true to yourself and you can't shaft the industry. Keeping high standards of rates in the industry is absolutely crucial. I think that there are times when you can there are times when you can alter your rates depending on the client and the 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 size of the client so if i'm doing a project for apple it's not going to be it's it's going to have a different budget to something i do for you know sandra's sandwiches around the corner it's it's going to be a very different level um so but there is always in anything, there is always a standard that should be upheld. And I think if people are just trying to, there is a real danger. And I think you have to always see the bigger picture when you're quoting. I think it's very tempting sometimes if you see a job and you really want it, you're like, I I know I could do this and I really want to do it. I know, I'll just knock like a couple hundred quid off and then they'll probably pick me. That might work and get you and help you to get the job in that moment but that then will set a precedent that going forward that client and other clients will then think well well then if they knocked money off that easily and then next time I can do it for even less than that and this is what has been happening and I've really noticed it over the past few years is it is harder and harder to get clients to pay what we are owed 
um, not all, obviously, um, but it is obviously we're in a very difficult climate right now financially as well. And the economy is not great, which doesn't help. But I think we all need to be very united um, in keeping the standards high, because if we don't, everyone will suffer. Because if if one person says, oh, yeah, well, you know, I just did it for I, I saw this national TV campaign I wanted to do and it was 300 quid and I did it. And that's something that should have been about, I don't know, four times that. Then that means that those sorts of jobs will will no longer exist and it will be harder and harder for people to make us a good living off what we love to do. So I think it and it also it devalues us as creatives. You know, um it's it's very difficult and I think I saw this growing up and I I think that kids nowadays will definitely feel it too. Um when you're a creative person and that's the thing that you do and you're not into maths or sciences or English or whatever you're not sort of academically minded and you're more of a practical person you have to fight so much to for recognition and and to be valued by others um and to show look that it's what i do is really important and if we're constantly saying if 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 we've always got people coming in saying oh well you know it's just voicing i'll do it for 20 quid then it just totally devalues our art form and that sounds a bit you know hoity-toity and whatever but it is an art form because it is acting and it is performance and we we train and we um are always upskilling and trying to get better at our craft and we need to be holding up the value for that i think when it comes to talking to people newer to the industry about things like rates it's really important to be open to the co- to an actual conversation to not be lecturing or looking down on because we're an incredibly privileged position to be established voiceover artists. Uh, one of the things that kind of bugs me about the industry is that you it, you have to have money to be in it. It's You have to have money to buy the equipment. You have to have a home to have a booth. You know, it can't... Um, you, you can't just set up in a cardboard box on the street. So we're losing voices from from backgrounds that might not have the privilege that we do, you know, don't have the money to be able to set up the business in the first place. So if somebody's asking questions, um, talk to them about it and talk about what you can do and, and, and absolutely educate in the sense of, well, you know what this is worth and this is what uh, it's worth to the client and this is what they'll be used for and this is how if you don't, you know, if you don't, get paid proper rates right now you could actually be doing yourself out of money um in the future it's about education it's not about lecturing or looking down or judging or anything like that because if you can't speak from somebody's um individual position it's really hard to have an opinion on how somebody charges and at the end of the day we are all businesses so it is up to you um how much you uh charge but just be aware of what the industry standards are um, it's really tricky because I do completely understand it when the sense of like, especially people who've been long established, remember getting six figures for, for certain jobs um, or five figures at least. 
and now it's looking more and more like the prices have gone down. Um, do we embrace that or do we stand firm and say, no, no, I, I used to get paid this and I will get paid this? It's such a it's a really nuanced subject, and it's it depends on your personal circumstance, and it it depends on you know where you are in life and what you want from it, um, and what it came. So I think the only thing we can do is have open conversation and um, and talk about what industry standards are, but also support each other. It's so overwhelming. Yes, yeah, so much information. And you're worried that you're going to offend the industry or offend some industry great if you don't charge the right amount. And then you're also afraid that you're going to lose the clients if you kind of go way over what it's. I mean, I've, and I've done that before. I've been earlier in my career, I've been so scared that I wasn't charging enough. I quoted something absolutely um, extortionate and only later realised, oh, maybe it wasn't that, you know, but I was so like, I must charge the most that I can, otherwise I'm not a proper voiceover artist. (laughs) You get scared and you've got to do what you need to do to support your family. You've got to do what you need to do to, um, you know, uh, develop your career as well. Um, and, And also not to damage the industry. It's such a, it's a balancing act. And yeah. It's a very privileged position to be like, no, you must charge this. And if you don't charge that, then you're not a proper voiceover artist. Um, you've got to you've got to be a bit more open with with your mind on on that situation. And I just feel like we're going to lose so many important vo- voices from backgrounds that are underrepresented if we continue to shut people out just for asking a question. Yeah, I think I th- at that time for me, um, I'd made because of you know, doing a few jobs for for, for clients um, while I was copywriting, I'd made some initial kind of forays online to, to try to work out how I might get into the industry. Um, I th- This was, I think it was realistically only at the start of Facebook. So it was more forums. And if you went onto forums, what you found was this really, uh, really protective, protect the industry, get rid of newcomers, you know, put people off. You need very expensive equipment. And, of course, ex- equipment was more expensive then, um, relatively speaking. Um, and so I backed away from it. And you're also talking about the days before um, Gravy for the Brain put out the rates guide. So if you've not got the forums that are welcoming you in, and if you've not got um, someone who's usefully said, well, you know what, these are kind of the accepted industry rates, and you should be looking at ballpark this in order not to undersell, undercharge, undercut, devalue yourself then you're you're sticking a finger in the air you know to check you know to to take a level so i it was ignorance on my part although not not because i didn't take a little bit of time to look into it but the information wasn't quite so readily available now i think there's a combination of ignorance and also people thinking well i you know i can do this on volume so if I could value stuff really cheap, I'd knock out a load of it, I'll make good money. And there's truth in that, but, you know, because there's a lot of work out there. But at the same time, that work is going to go down because of AI. Um, so the cheap end stuff is going to disappear. That's going to be the stuff that goes, which is why our acting and ability to engage and deliver nuance and variation is so important. It's reassuring to hear that all of my guests are conscientious of the impact that the debate around rate negotiation has both on the industry and on the individual. It's a tricky one. When I started, I was very aware that there is no beginner rate for VO. Everyone charges around £250 to £300 for their basic studio fee, and usage is added on top. Therefore, you're expected to be working at a professional standard from the word go. If you don't meet that standard, you might not get booked again. 
And if you're tempted to offer much lower rates in the beginning, you might find it very hard to then increase your rates in the future, in line with industry standards. Will the tightrope walk of negotiating rates ever get easier? Probably not, but there are some great resources out there which help to break down what the minimum agreed rates are for a whole range of different types of voiceover work. You can also ask for help with quoting on forums and social media groups. There are always friendly, experienced VOs happy and willing to help out. Join me same time next week when I'll be spilling the tea on rejection and imposter syndrome. What can we do to alleviate the symptoms and what are some tips for finding motivation during hard times? If anybody in that industry says that they don't have imposter syndrome, they are either the most amazing, talented human being on the planet or they're a liar. When you're really, really busy, you think it will always be that way. And when it's really, really, really quiet, you think it will always be that way. You're going to get rejected. You know, any advice I would give to anyone would be, you know, just keep keep trucking or something. On days where I'm not busy, you do. You tend to doubt yourself. Thanks for tuning in, my caffeinated comrades. If this episode has sparked any questions or comments or you just want to connect, you can find my email address and social handles at KimberlyParker.com. If you haven't caught up with my other episodes, feel free to check them out and let me know what you think. You've been listening to Cup of VO. Until next time, 